boutique is very easy to set yourself apart because it's the person that's driving the image. What we've done is we've managed to niche our business to work specifically with the Defence Force clients because there's a language that they speak and I've been able to teach my team how to speak their language and to get that understanding and trust built. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, it's Sam here. I'm joined today by one of my favourite people in the industry, if I'm allowed to have favourites. She's the Innovative Director of Boutique Realty and recently topped the leaderboard in the Transform 13 Challenge, mastering the use of ChatGPT in her business operations and also in her social media strategy. She says that since using AI, her team have achieved several significant milestones, including meeting KPIs that had been challenging for years. So today we're going to explore Bo's journey, her use of AI, and her goals in the future world of real estate. So Bo Miller, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel very blessed to be in the union. I definitely get excited taking everything that you share through your training. And I feel like I'm always implementing it. So yeah, I'm blessed to be. I can't believe you've avoided me in this situation for so many years. But here we are. And, you know, yes, you won Transform this year and we're going to get onto that. We'll talk a bit about that. But you actually have a really interesting background in real estate for people that don't know you. And I know that you are very well known all around the place for all of the things that you do. But for people that maybe haven't heard of Bo Miller, can you share a little bit about how you got into real estate and how you came to be where you are today? Yeah, so I started very young. I only finished school when I was 16 and off I toddled to grade 11 and 12, which was a different school in Tasmania. But the thing was I couldn't, I just couldn't concentrate, couldn't focus. So off I toddled to try and get a job and started working with the independent property management business in Tasmania showing rental properties. So we didn't hand out keys there. It was me driving around to start with in my little Gemini to houses to show people through. And it was just the start of something new, I suppose, in the industry for me. It was transitioning from taking checks around to each of the banks to deposit rent monies to the world of electronic banking. So I was very blessed to have experienced a tiny amount of the olden days real estate and then moving into new age where we try and do things a little bit different. And then after Tasmania, then what happened? I moved to Brisbane. I was quite determined to work with an independent leading agent in Brisbane and I knocked on the door. These were the days before you could pick up the phone. It wasn't easy to pick up the phone. I just knocked on the door and said, I'm here for a job. And they said, sorry, we sold the rent roll down the road. And that was sort of it. It took me 12 months and eventually I did end up working with that agency. I was very attracted always to very small independent boutique agencies that were maybe standing out a little bit. Yeah, so that was my job there. I met my husband who's in the Defence Force and we moved up to Townsville on a posting order there. 
And I was working for elders at the time and I thought that they would, I was in a senior property management position. It was a company-owned elders office. They just bought one in Townsville. I was sure they were going to transfer me. And they said, no, Bo, all we've got is a receptionist job. And I just went, that's not for me. And so all I did is made phone calls to the independent property managers in Townsville and said, who wants a role? And I'll start growing it for you. So yeah, fast forward a couple of months of being in Townsville though, we'd grown a rent roll to 40 properties quite quickly. And one of the sales ladies said to me, Bo, here's a, an ad for a real estate software trainer. And I think you'd be really good at it. And that was sort of the start of my journey to learn a lot more about how software then supports property managers. And yeah, that was my life for about eight years after that. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. That's sort of very similar to my own career, actually. I started as an accountant and got more excited about accounting software and somehow ended up, well, I don't know. We don't have time for that today. But um, (laughs) what motivated you to start Boutique Realty? I was running this support centre for Console and every day real estate agents were calling with their problems. And I I was training at the time back and forth from Ipswich to Brisbane to the call centre. And I knew that it was time maybe to start a family. There was not really a life for somebody working corporate in the city and children. So, well, I hear all the time these people can't run their businesses. Off, I want to go and start Boutique Realty. So quite naively with $10,000 in the bank, I got my real estate licence again. I didn't know a single person that owned a rental property. So how did you go from that to growing your rent roll? Honestly, I started with what everybody said was making cold calls because back then you used to be able to find people's phone numbers on RP Data. And so I signed up for an RP Data subscription. I started making cold calls. And I remember James and I were going to an investor seminar. I can't believe I dragged him along to that. He'd never do that now. But I dragged him along to an investor seminar thinking I'm going to mingle with investors. And somebody called back on my cold call. And it was the worst phone call I've ever had. And I worked out that I was never, ever going to do another cold call again. And I haven't been. So if cold call wasn't going to work, how did you then approach your marketing? Every single person that I spoke with, I told them I was a real estate agent. And that's a really weird thing to do, I suppose, because you're having these really strange conversations, just bruking yourself all the time. You're going, I'm a real estate agent. And that's all it took was just every single person I encountered was to tell them I had started a real estate business. And then I had this bunch of cards. So when I worked for console, I used to go to everybody's office and I would grab business cards every time. So real estate agents cards. And so then all I did is I created this big email database and I emailed every single person I'd met in the eight years of collecting real estate cards. And I told them all that I was a real estate agent. And it grew from there. Yeah. It was much slower. If you had told me five years in that I would only be at 100 properties at that time, I probably wouldn't have set out to do it. But in my mind at the start, that million dollar dream of creating an asset, it was so there and so possible that I just didn't hear it. Yeah. And so today, like what's your general philosophy towards real estate and what sets Boutique Realty apart from other real estate companies in your area? Boutique is very easy to set yourself apart because it's the person that's driving the image. 
So probably the hardest thing for me, five years of doing business being Bo, and then trying to build it, knowing that there was too many properties for one person to manage. And then so to build that brand into my team was really tricky. I think what we've done is we've managed to niche our business to work specifically with the Defence Force clients because there's a language that they speak and I've been able to teach my team how to speak their language and to get that understanding and trust built through those people. And then from there, it's grown outside of that. I've had a lot of connections through my best friend's husband was in the Air Force, James being in the Army. And then what happens is one person connects to another person, to another person, and then somehow we're just all connected. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So talk to me about your experiences in the past couple of years because property management on the whole has been, and I know your business both sides, we'll talk about sales in a second, but it's been pretty challenging for the past couple of years. Talk to me about your experiences in your area. What are the things that you found the most challenging and how are you trying to manage them? The whole staff and how the business was gelled together, who was going to do what, when they were going to do it, what were the triggers in place. I've trialled every different format of how to set up a property management business. And that's probably been the biggest challenge because there's something that you taught me, which is if I keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, that's the definition to insanity. I feel like I've just been going insane for five years. I've been 12 years in business, but five very challenging years. And I feel we grew quite quickly in that period. And with growth comes challenges. So probably trying to work out who was doing what, if the right people were in the right seats, if the resources were there, that's been the biggest challenge for us. AI has been where... I've seen the biggest benefit in the last, since I think January, I did the first training on AI and then implementing that mindset around the business of can we do things slightly differently? Can we say things differently? And that's where I feel like we've fixed it. We've got less staff in the business now. We've outsourced a lot of our work to local people that are just willing to do the jobs that they like rather than what we force them to do. So I really learned that the right person, happy to do the job, then the job gets done really well, really quickly. But if you're forcing somebody to do something they don't enjoy, because they've done. So talk to me a little bit more about that, because that's really interesting. So what you're saying is it doesn't need to be, you know, because there's a nationwide shortage of property managers or something rather, 4,000 jobs on seek available. So instead of sort of hiring an FTE and saying with the title property manager, you're doing things a little bit differently and splitting it up. Yeah. We, as property managers, I think, try and control everything. And that makes us good at our job, but it also has the opposite effect is when you've got too much to do. And I think that the expectation on response times at the moment is really quick. So if you're getting 100 emails in your inbox every day and all you can do is sit there and reply to 100 emails, but then you've got a vacate inspection that needs to be done and trust accounting and arrears that needs to be followed up. And they all really need to be done when they need to be done, which is now. You can't spread yourself that far. And so over the years, we've outsourced different things, but our current model seems to be working exceptionally well, which is where all of our trust accounting is with a trust accounting firm to do that. When we walk in, and we're really fortunate, if we don't walk in before nine o'clock, everybody drops the kids off at school. 
And then we walk in, all of the trust accounting is done, the bills have been paid, the jobs have been closed for the day. So then the next part that we outsource is our exits and our entry inspections. We don't not go to the houses. We still visit the home, but it's a five-minute walkthrough. So our resource, instead of spending three hours going out to the property and doing those reports, we can be straight back to the office and making those quick phone calls to say, hey, I have just looked at this. Your report's not ready, but we might need you to go back this afternoon and do some cleaning. Or I spoke to my cleaner. The cleaner is available tomorrow. Would it be okay if I lock that in? The olden day way of managing that was just to go out, do this big elaborate report with all of these photos, send the report to the tenant, then make the phone call and say, did you read the report? And they're like, I bloody did. And this before, no, I didn't leave it that dirty. That's the wrong approach. But now once I get to say that we didn't do the report, somebody else did the report. We think you're a fabulous tenant, but these guys just said there was a few things that you missed. Do you mind helping us get, get your bond refunded? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So we're going to get deeper into the AI thing at the moment, but I just want to say as a leader, I don't think I've known anyone quite as adaptable as you, like I've served you from afar for years. And, you know, you just seem to change hats when you need to. Like, you know, one moment you're a leader, the next moment you're in PM, the next moment you're selling, listing and selling. And I think adaptability is a key skill, which we've just come back from elite retreat after talking about adaptability, but I think you already had it. How do you view that, you know, that might help someone say that sees themselves in one role? You can wear many hats, but you have to be very careful not to push yourself so far that you're breaking other areas. And I feel like the last 12 months was the closest I've ever been to breaking point. And there's a lot of peers that I spoke to at the elite retreat that I talk to at our PMs that whine that have all been there in the last 12 months. And I think it's because we do tend to wear too many hats. So a few things that I've just started to do is to recognise that why am I putting off the things in the future that I want to do? So let's just say I'm like, I'm busy. I'm doing all these open homes this weekend. So I can't go and go rollerblading with the kids in the afternoon. I'll just have to leave that to school holidays. Or... I just joined a gym, which everybody who knows me is like, oh, what the hell are you doing? You just joined a gym. And so my, my thought pattern now is why am I leaving things till later? Because later may never come. And by doing the things in the moment now, so doing an open home, going and taking the kids rollerblading and then going and doing another open home, I can fit those things in in that day, but I'm refueling myself, not just working. I've set myself a limit. I know how many listings I can manage at once and I know how many hours of the day I can work. Very easily will work until one o'clock in the morning, but I'm setting my limits to say 12 o'clock is enough to just get that one extra hour sleep. So I probably pushed myself all the way to the top and now I'm pulling back a little bit to listen to my body. Well, yeah, I'm glad you're getting that extra hour sleep just on a personal level. So I know you to be a bit of a night owl. So I'm really glad to hear that. Let's talk about Transform. So we kicked off Transform this year. I asked you to be a speaker because you've done Transform a few times now. And one of the topics is on facing fears because inherently people don't like change. I've often said that the pain of staying the same has got to be greater than the pain of change for people to change. And often it's involved with 
the fear of the unknown. And so you just done a presentation on facing your fears. What is it about that topic that means so much to you? Well, I find very much that into your own happiness is progress. If we're not progressing, we're not moving forward. And it's just little elements of progress. So it might be that I'm getting four new managements a month. What's it going to take to get that fifth new management in the month? What progress do I have to make to get there? And so Transform really helped me with doing video. I'd spent many years avoiding video because I was watching the likes of Chris Gilmore doing fabulous skits. And I thought, well, I don't have a professional photographer and I'm not that funny. I'm funny, just not that funny. So who's going to watch my videos? So I didn't do video. I just stopped. And then facing that fear by giving me the idea that by doing one video might get me that one new management was enough to get me across the edge to go, all right, let's give this a go. Plus the challenge of winning Transform was obviously there. (laughs) Yeah. So you went from inspiring everyone and talking them into facing their fears and trusting the process and all of that sort of stuff. And then you did something that no speaker has ever done before because normally when people do their session in Transform, they breathe a sigh of relief and then say, see you later. All of this other stuff looks too hard for me (laughs) and they're out. But instead, you turned around and you got busy yeah. with the actual challenges this year and you actually topped the leaderboard. You won it. And I think no one was more surprised about it than you. Talk to me a little bit about what made you decide to get involved and give it a go this year. I think I'm motivated a lot by expectation and quite in tune with the expectation of others. So I set high expectations of myself and Others see that and go, of course, she's going to do transform. And my team's like, of course, she's doing it. (laughs) So they jumped in and attended these sessions every Friday. And I'm noticing that Amanda and Christine are really getting involved in AI as well. So all of a sudden, we are all getting involved. There was no choice to sit. The girls were really involved in learning AI. And so as their leader, I wanted to be one step ahead of where they were. I had to know everything that was being talked about. And the challenge in my business, because the whole team got involved in embracing AI, and my team are not modern-day people that want to do different things. They're quite happy to sit in their desk and do the same thing for the next 50 years, which makes a great property manager. But doesn't give us that point of difference or make us change what we potentially could do. So it was, yeah, it was a really great four weeks period. And every week we did something different. And we're still to this day, even today we sat down and we asked, hey PI, we went in and we asked, hey PI, how can we make the routine inspection process more beneficial to the tenant to make them realize that we appreciate their efforts to do a routine inspection, how much cleaning they have to do. We understand that when we tell them they miss something, that it might come across derogatory to them. How do we change our processes to honour and respect the tenants but still get really good results for the landlord that they're going to have good tenants looking after the home and presenting it well? And so we sat there, the three of us, we just went, all right, let's fix this. And we asked AI how to do it. And then that just opens up the discussion in the business to, all right, what can we do differently? So yeah, that was just today. Yeah. It's phenomenal the way that you 
and the team because, again, I get a front row seat at observing how everyone takes the tools and implements them. And for those of you listening that aren't familiar with Transform, for round 13, what I challenged everyone to do is come up with a prompt a day, which was then rated. So you had to come up with a prompt a day and then other participants in Transform had to test the prompt so that we weren't just testing random questions. We were actually sort of working on the jobs to be done angle in a real estate business. And so I guess with that background, I saw you attack just about every part of your business from service to sales to operations. What were some of the prompts that really helped you become more efficient? Really digging down to how we respond to a tenant that might be waiting for a response that we've avoided because it's a no answer. We say no a lot in our business. It might be no, sorry, you can't put that hook on the wall. No, sorry, if you want to put security cameras up in that location, you're going to have to do A, B, Z of fixing it. No, sorry, your affordability is out. We can't give you this property. So there's a lot of no answers. And if you're having a rough day, you don't want to make those no phone calls and you don't want to have those no conversations. So we really embraced the AI to say no nicely. And it stopped the the long list of emails that were coming through. And it gave one of my team members who was very new, no real estate experience at all. She was able to then use it as her prompt guide to what to say to that tenant in those conversations. So give me an example of a prompt that you might have used or that you might use. I'm just about to respond to this email. The tenant doesn't understand that the solar electricity and the hot water electricity tariff are not connected. How do I explain in response that we have reviewed the last four electricity bills and the water bill is staying the same and that the solar is not connected to that so we're not overcharging them for electricity today? Right. So what you're describing there is it just takes away a heap of cognitive overload going, oh, my God, here's this email. How do I respond to it? Let me worry about that for six hours. Is that what we're talking? Yeah, it types really quickly. It doesn't get it perfect, so but it gives you a basis. Go, all right, well, this is the structure of my response and this is kind of the gist of what I'm getting to. And so that particular example was one that I was having an issue. I have an issue with this particular property every single tenancy. Just it's a really high electricity usage property. And so I was able to pick up the phone and explain to him And in using AI's words, not my words, because I've tried to explain it three times over and he's not listening. My team has tried, not listening. Use the AI to structure my conversation that is convincing. And then, yeah, we got a closed deal. The electricity bills outstanding. They got paid. Yeah, just to reiterate that, and I'm just sort of going to try and so it's a prompt to sort of answer the email. And then it's another prompt to sort of come up with some kind of telephone script that you can call the tenant that is empathetic and, I mean, most conflict comes from, you know, someone sort of apportioning blame, so it's not welcome, but it's like a two-step sort of thing and then that kind of clears the decks. Is that what you're saying? It calms the farm. It means that you've got this really structured way of approaching the problem. It's giving you the problem solving rather than avoiding the phone call and just hitting send on the email, you feel empowered like you've actually got somebody on your shoulder that's helping you to answer it. 
Yeah. Actually, it's remind me, one of the things that I did it for just a couple of weeks ago is I actually was feeling very emotional sending an email to someone. So I actually typed the email out to sort of get the emotion out. But then I put it into chat GPT and said, please take all the emotion out of this for me. They gave it back to me and it didn't start World War Three. <laughs> so I think in a way I've been doing the same thing as you, just in a different way. We're at a point now, so we had 650 emails in our inbox in January. Our response times, there was stuff that was older than 30 days that hadn't been replied to. So to get through that, we flipped everything upside down. We started from the oldest and we did not move on until the oldest was done. So there's no procrastination anymore. We know that we have the tools available to us using AI to answer those questions and If the process doesn't exist in the business, it's quite rare. So we know that our processes are already there. It's just making sure that they are going to work for that scenario. And I think that's why we avoid it because it might be out of the box slightly and we're so overwhelmed from 650 emails. How are we going to get through all of this? To a point now, just today, it sits at about 50 and we won't do anything first day two hours. We'll have a two-hour email gap. And then it'll jump up by another 30 emails and then it'll come back down. So that's not the only place we're working though. We're working in our tasks and our jobs. We're making sure that everything that's being touched on the day that they need to be touched. And that's how every property management business wants to work. It's just sometimes not achievable because of that overwhelm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the overwhelm of 650 outstanding tasks among three people must be huge. You know, so getting it down that significantly must be such a great feeling. It's incredible. Yeah. I also noticed you did a couple of very cool social media posts, which you said AI might have had a hand in. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, of course, I've been back on the property management tools and I was out doing an entry condition report. And when we're doing an entry condition report, I love them. Some people don't like doing entries, but it's probably one of my more passionate ones. And an entry condition report is the setup for success for any good tenancy. If you miss something in an entry or the property's a little bit dirty, then it can really cement the relationship from the start. So we have a thing here where we we get that process right. So I use a series over the 30-day transform in one entry condition report. I've been there about an hour and a half. I took a series of photos and then I told AI what I was doing and how I was feeling in that moment and I asked it to create me a social media post for the audience to realise the benefits of doing the particular item. So example, bottom of the dishwasher is something that everybody forgets to do a wipe out. It's like a two-second job but no one even knows to look. So you go through to your vacate inspection and they've missed it literally every single time it's missed. And even cleaners miss it sometimes. It's really funky. So I just took a picture taking my pointing my finger at the bottom of the dishwasher. But the engagement in the post was really interesting. I'd never really had so much verbal engagement. And it's because I was able to use more words to articulate what I was doing. In my brain, I want to say, you know, clean the bottom of the dishwasher, but I don't know how to use that in the English language that's quite engaging and getting the audience to respond. So it was a pretty cool, it was one house, an hour and a half entry condition report, and it had a whole month's worth of social media and it was helpful things. There was people like, oh my God, I've never looked under there before. So yeah, it was cool. It is interesting because 
I mean, I joked in Transform, I think that I'm really looking forward to my real estate agent's next social media post said nobody ever (laughs) because, you know, like it's always sort of inward focus rather than providing value. But I think you nailed it on three counts. One was it was engaging stuff and you didn't have to think too hard about what the caption was going to be. And secondly, you know, people will know your face now from doing that. And then I think it's just that slightly sort of nudge and a wink, humorous take on what needs to happen rather than sort of being all, you know, like you must do this kind of thing. It's a very different vibe. It's just a reminder and that's our job is just to gently remind people so that when the time comes, they're not offended by it. Yeah. What is your plan to continue to leverage AI in your business moving forward? Because I see you as a bit of a trailblazer now, like you've picked up this ball and you've kind of run to the try line with it. What's the plan for the future? What are you testing? What are you cooking up at the moment? I'm kind of going in two angles. So within the business, just last night, I sat with ChatGPT and I started building a webinar series to help with our defense relocation tenants. So I'm going to present a webinar to help them on how to apply for rental properties, specifically to defense people and what they need to tell us agents to enable them to be able to get homes. I don't have enough properties to house the defence community, but I know that there are people moving in the next few months and that's a really core target market for us. So we're just going to give out this webinar a little bit of help and I actually used AI to write the whole, um, I gave it a little bit of a, this is kind of what I want to do, can you build up a 45-minute webinar for me? And it did that and then I asked it what software I needed to look into and that gave me a few different options. So that's for our business side. And another thing that I've been doing is I've been journaling for the last three years on all of my pain points in growing my property management department. And every time I was really struggling, I would just document verbally into an electronic diary and say what was happening in that moment, what I was trying to overcome it and what tools I was using. And it, it I didn't really know why I was doing that. With AI, what I did is I pasted the entire journal, which was very lengthy, and I asked AI to write me a 12-chapter book on using what I had been diarising. So hopefully I'm going to be able to launch a book that's called How to Fix Your Broken Rent Roll. Amazing. That's a fantastic use of ChatGPT. And I I don't know if I'd want to paste my journal into ChatGPT. It might hold it again in the future, but that's a great use of the robot. Absolutely. And I think there's something I'm never afraid to say what's happening in my world because it's likely that there are a lot of other business owners, property managers that are going through the same things, but maybe not willing to share that they're having a struggle. But I think once you share that there's a struggle and you connect, I think that's the best way to help each other and build. So yeah, hopefully I can help in two ways. Amazing. So what are your future plans for Boutique Realty? Well, we'll try and work on this defense model. This is really where I'm passionate about. My husband's obviously in the army, but along the lines, I've met a lot of veterans that are really struggling to get homes. A lot of veterans facing homelessness. And so that'll be our target. I've always thought about niching into that area, but quite to do so because I don't want to say no to offering services. But yeah, I think veteran housing and defence relocations is something I'm really passionate about. And I think there's some synergy 
around connecting with property managers in those defence relocation bases. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're headed. Yeah, it's amazing that, you know, because I know you've written the Little Red Book, which is for defence kids moving house and all the stuff that you've done around that. Clearly, you've got a lot of passion around it. And I always love it when you sort of pick a niche and and run with it. Because you can really, like, as you said, I think earlier on, you can really speak the language that part of the market speaks. So they feel like you really get them. Yeah. And I think I've been searching for a long time on what is my purpose. You can run a property management business. Anybody could go out tomorrow and start a property management business, but whose lives are you going to impact in that? And for so long, I thought it was impacting the team and the staff, but they come and they go. You know, I'm only a very small part of their journey where the defence community, I feel like I can make a, a difference. Yeah, amazing. Well, Bo, it's been fantastic having you on the podcast. I don't know why this took us so long, but congratulations again on your Transform win and everything that you're doing. You know, like I really love it when someone takes something and really implements it. So well done you on that. If there was one thing that you would like to leave everyone with today, what would it be? If you've got a fear that's holding you back, um, that every day you kind of want to do something, but you just can't do it, there's some sort of barrier there, all you need is one step. Just come up with the first step and the doors will open. Amazing. Bo Miller, thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joinaliteagent.com.